2: Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield, and I am the co-director of charts at Billboard. Coming up today on the show, we've got must-hear music with Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital, Joe Lynch. As always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, and we certainly hope you do, subscribe to the show on iTunes so you won't miss an episode, and give us a rating or review while you're at it. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit itunes.com slash billboardpodcasts. Okay, so today on Must Hear Music, uh, Joe and the gang recorded a little year-end must-hear show where they talk all about everything from SZA to Selena Gomez to Priest to the XX to Lord and and everything in between. And you know, in addition— to this fine podcast that you're hearing you can also hear another year-end podcast it's our holiday spectacular on the main mothership pop shop that katie and i do this week we talked to the legendary johnny mathis all about his christmas music and his new 68 cd box set which is kind of insane to think about it also doubles as a weapon and in addition to all the crazy year-end podcasts we have you can also visit Dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and more dozens of year-end charts on Billboard.com. Plus, so many critics' lists that the editorial staff at Billboard has put together, counting down their favorite songs and albums and moments of 2017. Plus, wait, we're not done yet, we also have an entire number-ones issue of Billboard magazine that just came out. It has four different covers— It's totally cool. It's beautiful. Go check it out. Go buy a copy. You can read all about it online. (sighs) Okay, I've reached the end of my year-end rant. So now it is time for Must Hear Music. Hello, and welcome to the Must Hear Music podcast. This
1: is our Year end 2017 edition. So, on this one, uh, well, first up, uh, my name is Joe Lynch and I'm here with Jason Lipschitz. What's up, man? And Lee Havens. Hello.
0: You're not actually here with us. Yeah, we I should specify. Point that out.
3: <laughs>
1: um, and uh, we are going to be talking about uh, four things. We each have a four part plan that we're going to do to attack this podcast. So, we're going to talk about um, an album we love from 2017 an album we thought was underappreciated this year, a song that we loved that was a big hit, and for that we're defining it as uh, top 20 or higher on the Billboard Hot 100, and a song that we loved that should have been bigger. So uh, let's start with... um, uh, Lindsay, let's start with your pick for your album you loved, which is SZA's Control, which is is. a podcast favorite.
0: Pod fave.
3: Yep. Um, And number two on Billboard's... 100 best albums, 50 best albums. 50 best albums. Of 2017. Yeah. Not Um, too
4: savvy.
3: Yeah, not at all. She cleaned up well this year. Um, But yeah, I think we've talked about this album and the songs on it a lot on this podcast. But as a whole, I mean, this is like a crazy relatable album. I I wrote about this one. I said it's like you're ashamed to say that you relate to it in a lot of ways. Um, Just because like she's she's very open on this album um and i think even she was saying in early interviews like she was she had hesitations and was embarrassed about some of these songs you know um but i think that's why it's resonating so well with people it's just like sizza being sizza it literally sounds like she's talking to a best friend like behind closed doors but you know put it all to music yeah um Mm -hmm. what'd you guys think of it
0: uh, I'll I'll go first, Joe. Uh, yeah, I mean this Breathe. might this might be my favorite album of the year. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. I mean, I think that uh, I, I there's there's two things that really stand out about this album to me is and one is the sound and and how fresh it sounds. Like it, it's almost like someone was like gave SZA the challenge of completely reimagining R and B music yeah. and and making it sound like, breathing new life into the genre. Not that it was, like, it needed that, but just to approach it from a completely different standpoint and a, a completely unique aesthetic. Um, I mean, you, my favorite song on this album is is Prom, actually. And if you listen to that song and the way that it's structured, um, it's just so vibrant that it's, it, it's... There's nothing, like, no gimmick about it. It's just the whole thing is just so you know, I've never heard it before. Like it it just, I, I, I keep returning to that song. Like, like it's just so fresh to me and, and, and just, I've never heard anything like it before, which is something that's tough to say. And the other thing, the other aspect is just her personality and Lindsay uh, touched upon this, but um, you get such a full understanding of who SZA is and she's so likable and so vulnerable and, um, you know, you just you have she has these little lyrical nuggets of just like there's this there's this one one moment where she just talks about like firing up the narcos on Netflix. That's the
3: exact line I was going to say. Yeah.
0: And it's just like something like that is such a tiny detail, um, but it it speaks to her it, it gives you a little bit of a window inside of her life. Um, and I, I really appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, control.
1: Yeah, uh, no, I know. I agree with everything you said, like I said, and I think it's interesting. And I totally, I, you know, I was paying attention to it when it happened and completely upset that the album hadn't come out yet. She was um, just kind of disenchanted with the business. There was even, like, tweets that kind of hinted that she was giving up on music. Um, so it's just wonderful. Like, a lot of times you'll see that with an artist who gets signed to a label, and for whatever reason, um, their career just kind of gets bungled or mismanaged or you know, they're not happy with the way things go and they kind of just give up. But this is one of those like blessedly, uh, blessedly rare instances where you kind of hear that there's that kind of like warning, like, oh my God, is her career going to just fizzle out before it even starts? But then the album comes out and it's incredible and it makes a big impact. Um, and for an album that came out earlier this year, like it kept staying in the public eye. Yeah. Like it didn't make a <clears throat> big appearance and then people forgot about it. Like it only got more and more popular as the year went on. And, um, you know, in the Grammys took notice, she's nominated for Best New Artist, so um, it's a real success story and an exciting one. And, uh, well, I mean, what you were saying earlier, Jason, with, you know, it is, it's a fresh R&B sound, and I gonna I disagree a little that, like, R&B didn't need it. I mean, I think, like, the last few years have been good yeah. for R&B, but, like, I think in the last year or so, we've seen, like, it even, like, kind of move to the next level with, like, yeah. Khalid and SZA. Like, I think there are some artists who are, like, you know, like really like pushing this into like a more interesting territory than just kind of like, like you rewind 10 years, like R and B was like R and B album was a very traditional affair. And I think increasingly over the past five years and even over the last year, especially like we've seen this genre get, um, just more experimental and, you know, more pop and it's just, it's a broader genre in a way that it wasn't a while ago. I agree with you. Cool. (laughs) <laughs> um, well, Lindsay, since this is your pick, uh, which song should we listen to off this?
3: Let's go with Love Galore.
1: Let's do it. Love I need, Galore. Uh, Alright, so the control song is Love Galore. I
0: said farewell. You took it well. Promise I won't cry bust milk. Give me a bit towel. Give me another valley. Give me another hour.
1: All right, that was Scissors Control uh, for an album that she loved. Now let's uh, let's do a Joe Lynch pick. So we've got uh, Priest's Nothing Feels Natural. Uh, This was on our just-published list of the 25 best rock albums of 2017. This came in number two, uh, second only to Paramore. And uh, I...
0: I demand a recount. I like this more than the Paramore, but...
1: Same. I know, I like this much more than the Paramore, too, but, you know...
0: you can't, you can't, tr- you can't top Chris Payne's uh, Paramore love.
1: Yeah, you can't talk Paramore about with Chris Payne. You know, logically, they're pretty much his alpha and omega, his everything. Um, but anyways, so Priest's album, uh, nothing feels natural. This is their proper debut. They are a Washington D.C. punk band. They are very political. There's a lengthy history of um, you know leftist political Washington D.C. punk bands. Um, but even in spite of that, like, this is still somehow fresh for like a rock album in 2017, which is a year when rock isn't exactly at the forefront of anyone's mind. Um, DC punk, you know, certainly is more associated with the 1980s than the 2010s, but but somehow this is just, it's so good and so relevant, um, that it, it just kind of transcends what's going on right now in rock or politics. Um. It's just the musicianship is like insanely tight. Um, you know, it, it like goes between uh, kind of like surf rock to funk to dance punk to a little freeform jazz. There's a lot of saxophone on this album, uh, which sounds very much like the saxophonist on the Stooges Funhouse in the uh, 70s, which is a, a classic saxophone hard rock combo. Um, it's just a really, it's a thrilling, funny album. Uh, and there's some really clever lyrics on this album, uh, the lead singer Katie Ellis' career. Um, you know, there are punk bands. so there's going to be a lot of consumerism parodies. Uh, she has a great line that, I thought I was a cowboy because I smoked reds, specifically meaning like Marlboro reds, just kind of like these kind of sly, like sneering lines, making fun of the idea that you use a product and then you become a certain kind of person and yada yada. Uh, but, but Jason, what did, what did you think about this one?
0: I love the Priest album. I think that uh, you you captured it great, uh, or you you captured that kind of balance between genre really well. And I, I just, you know, the only thing I can add is that they're such a great live band, um, and and Katie Alice Greer is just has uh, incredible vocals. Um, so I, I definitely recommend seeing them live. Uh, and but I think they they kind of capture that energy on the album, and it's definitely one of my favorites for the year
3: solid one what about you Lindsay? are you a fan i actually was not i didn't even know about priests until you sent us your picks for the year-end podcast what i know pretty crazy um i'm not really sure how i missed them because they didn't have like a right up my alley
0: they didn't have a uh like a a, a hit single on uh, on Oof. pop radio ouch that uh you know was in uh in like a an com- apple commercial an apple commercial yeah
3: well, they also haven't done any Jack White, like, studio sessions. Yet. Oh, yeah, they're yeah, not on third man. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, that explains how I missed them then. But thank you for the introduction, Joe. Um, I'm definitely <laughs> yeah. a big fan. I thought this album was really great. I I love punk rock, and oftentimes one of the things that I hate the most is how short the songs are. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought it was really cool. Like, I think their opening track is five minutes or something. You know, yeah. it's, it's like a very full, but, like, full force punk rock album so i appreciate that
0: yeah it's a it's a really good balance between kind of longer ideas and then but you also in the middle yeah. of the album you have these kind of shorter riffs that that really work and and um i i love uh i think no big bang is my is probably my favorite with this yes. more spoken word
1: that song is awesome yeah um cool well let's listen to some of it uh let's listen to some no big bang so let's, we've got some spoken word meets some punk yeah. we've got a sick bass line in there it's got it all Got it uh, But alright It's uh, No Big Bang from Priests The album is called uh, What is it called? Nothing, <laughs> Nothing Feels is Natural Is what that album is called Alright, let's do it Your
3: skull All of a sudden All this science and evolution and progress I mean, sure It looks good from a distance
1: now let's talk about an album that uh jason loves it's the xx icu oh
0: yeah oh man i love this album so much this came out in like the first week of january so mm-hmm. i've had like all year to enjoy it um i really didn't expect to care this much about a new xx album like the the first the first albums like i do consider it like a classic in terms of that kind of like late totally. 2000s indie rock yeah the second album was basically their room on fire in the sense of that they were like let's do this first album, again, um, and the third album, you know, where a lot of bands f- struggle to figure out their next move, um, this album, I, I, I and Joe chastised me last week when I said <laughs> it's their best album, and I, I do believe that this album is their best album. I, it's definitely the most full, um, well-rounded XX album, and more than anything, the thing that really gets me about this album is that I think that they have really figured out how to handle the interplay between uh, Oliver and and Romy's vocals. Like, Mm -hmm. you you have these songs in the first two albums by the XX where they're, you know, they almost feel like they don't need both vocals. Um, It's a cool effect, and I think they're both great vocalists, but, like, with this third album every song kind of plays out almost like a dialogue where they're, Mm -hmm. they're informing each other, they're reacting to each other. And it's just like, it always really gets me like, um, and you know, we can talk about like the production and and how it's definitely, you know, more colorful. And I, I think that is a big part of why this album is so successful. But to me, their interplay is really where this excels. Like a song, like I dare you, which is one of my favorites of the year. It's just like, there's such balance between their points of view. And there's so much, Care taken into those points of view, like it's just like it, it. They're doing something that really no other band is doing. Um, and yeah, it's yeah. one of my favorites of the year.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, to, to chime in, you are crazy because the first album I think is just a masterpiece. I agree, and i I do not wow. think this reaches masterpiece level, but I do love it. Um, and also, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think similar to I like the Room on Fire comparison because I felt the second album much like I felt with the Second Strokes album. And I know a lot of people disagree with this, but it just seemed a little bit like more of the same. And it kind kind of made me think like, do they have much more to offer beyond None. what we've already heard from them? And this proves that they absolutely do. Like, this is such a, like, a colorful explosive growth of their system. Like, it definitely is SX, but there's a little more dance elements to it. Um, it's lovely, but it's also upbeat, but it can still be melancholy. Like, it's just a, it, you know, it jumps all over the place um and i uh, i enjoyed very much
0: Lindsay you also don't think it's their best
3: No that's i fine. like their first um far better but this is a great album i've had to listen to it a lot just because of my roommate and her oh, fandom wow. Alexa, for the XX a fan? oh huge fan Oh wow okay I'll, um, um yeah you guys should yeah, we'll talk bond. about that okay. yeah um cool. but the one thing that did stick out to me the song on hold i thought yes. that was cool because uh, that's where you really see Jamie XX like his dance music stamp is yeah. really clear on that song. Um, and I loved his solo album, so yeah. that song is probably my favorite. Great song. Yeah. Other than that, not too All much right. to add.
1: Uh, well, Jason, which uh, which songs should we listen to on it?
0: Let's listen to On Hold.
1: It's a great song. Let's do it. So uh, the XX ICU song is called On Hold. When well and where did we go? I had you on ho I thought I had you on ho I thought I had you on, I I had you on All right so those were the albums that we loved. Um, now we're gonna talk about the albums that we loved mm. that we thought were underappreciated for this year. Um, I'm going to go with mine first. It's Gabriel Garzon-Montano. The album's called Jarden. We talked about one of his songs earlier this year on the podcast, Uh, and yeah, I just think this is unfortunately one of those albums that um, got slept on for whatever reason. Um, A lot of people I know who are like professional musicians are big fans of him and are really... um, you know, like just think he's, you know, like, I don't know about the future of music, but they feel like he's one of those like immense talents that emerged this year. But for whatever reason, um, you know, it just, the the lamestream media didn't catch on so much. Um, So, but yeah, the album is just this really interesting combination of kind of like contemporary R&B, syncopated jazz, Baroque pop. um, And it's just, it's very like, it's a little navel gazing, admittedly, but there's a lot of beauty to it. Um, a lot of sonic clarity and kind of like oral space. It's not a cluttered arrangement. And he just has a pretty remarkable voice, too. Um, I mean, I, don't, I know, Lindsay, you, you became a fan of this one, too, right? Yes, what I'm a huge fan.
3: Um, I think we talked about Sour Mango on the podcast, which is my favorite off the yes, album.
1: That song is beautiful.
3: Yeah. Um, and I think we talked, too. I saw him live a few weeks ago. And that just like really solidified my appreciation for this album. And I see I totally see what you're saying, like. He is an artist in, you know, every sense of the word. Like, what he does on stage is really incredible. He sings in Spanish a lot. Um, he sort of, you know, flows in and out. Um, there's, like, a very cohesive element to his set between, you know... I, I'm not sure what other work he has besides this album, but... Um, yeah, this definitely stands out to me, and I'm glad you brought it up, because it for sure got forgotten throughout the year. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend...
1: got any thoughts j Litz j lips
0: uh the connect uh, the correct pronunciation is i believe Hardine.
1: ah well thank you for uh you know correcting spanish me. major over here shaming yeah <laughs> yeah that's it's a good it's a good shaming anyways uh well let's listen to something from it let's listen to sour mango since we talked about that and it is a highlight uh so it's uh Gabriel Garzon montano Hardine uh, is the album and uh, sour mango is the song that we were gonna listen to All right. Uh, let's talk about Lindsay, Your pick for an album that you thought should have been bigger. You have uh, Corbin Morn. Oh yeah, Corbin I do. being uh, Spooky Black's alter ego or main New ego. It's
4: Spooky
3: actually the alter it's ego? his true ego. His real name is Corbin. <laughs> wow. So Spooky Black was his alter ego. This is a return to the roots, if you will. Okay. Um, this album is I cannot get enough of this album. I wish everyone would listen to it. I think everyone should have a good cry to it. It's It blows my mind that this 19-year-old from Minnesota, where you, our dear friend, is calling in from, he <laughs> he's, like, the most emotional songwriter and performer ever. Like, when you consider his age and what he's thinking about and what he's talking about so openly and the way that he does his production, like, all of it's just crazy to me. Um, but to hear, like... You actually hear the pain in his voice, and I, I keep going back to his age, but it's just because like, holy crap! If I ever in my life feel something that strongly, like, that's amazing. He's, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what he went through. I don't know what happened, but the fact that he could, you know, chronicle it onto this really incredible album, um, is I think really special. And the, every song sounds a little bit different. It's, it doesn't feel. Tired or doesn't like lag ever, um, but you do have to be kind of okay that he doesn't have the most beautiful voice. Uh, but you know, sometimes the production masks it, or sometimes like when he is sort of growling or grunting, like it works in that way. But yeah, I'm a big there's fan. A, there's of a this. long
1: history of Minnesota geniuses with rough voices. We've got Bob Dylan, <laughs> this is true. Orban, Joe, Joe Lynch. Yeah. There's just a lot of people you know from that state who maybe don't have the perfect voice, but their song craft is incredible.
3: Exactly. And that's what I appreciate.
1: Yeah, exactly. And he is he's from St. Paul, which is where I'm from and where I'm calling in from right now. For those listening, I'm uh, I'm already back home for the holidays and I am calling in via the wonders of technology to this podcast. <laughs> and it's very cold here, as you would expect. But uh, Jason, do you have any spooky black slash Corbin thoughts?
0: um you know i have to listen to this full album again but i i you know definitely like enjoyed what i heard in terms of his voice and how original the new songs are i enjoyed like spooky black even though that's a ridiculous name um i i'm i i guess like he's definitely leveled up in terms of performer moniker um i need to dig into these songs a little bit more but i like what I, i like what i've heard
1: all right uh well what should we listen to should we listen to ice boy
3: um sure
1: or what which one do you want to listen to Lindsay?
3: (laughs) um i was gonna go with all out
1: let's do it let's go All all out let's
3: go all out
1: all right uh corbin album is mourn song is all out All right, That was Lindsay's pick for underappreciated LPs. Uh, next up, let's talk about Jason's, which is Storm yeah. prayer. Uh, uh, another one that we talked about earlier this year on the podcast. So, so Jason, you're, you're still repping hard for Storm.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I just wanted to say that I have not seen this album on any year end list, and it's definitely in my yeah. top 10. Uh, I love this album, I think it's such a great rap album, like, I, I think that it's you know, it has these kind of uh, these really hard charging anthems. Um, I think like "Big for Your Boots" is one of the best rap singles of the year. Uh, I love "Cold." I love like it's it's. But then he also pulls back and and has these really sensitive songs. Um, I love the the duet with Kalani. Like I, I just think that this is an is an awesome album. Like it's it's a great debut. Uh, he's really funny on it. It's just like a really strong rap album. And, and when you when you mention like underrated this is the one i came to because you know i i I love a lot this isn't my favorite album of the year but uh, to see it completely snubbed from kind of like the year-end wrap-up i i was pretty bummed about that like people should people should like discover this album and and enjoy it like uh, even if you just listen to like big for your boots on spotify and just try it out like it's definitely like such a fun single um he talks about like you know not being ashamed to like go nuts at an Adele concert like that's great like that's all I really want from British track (laughs) um so yeah Stormzy love it
1: Lindsay uh do you have Stormzy thoughts
3: um not many I I saw him at Lollapalooza (laughs) and I I only checked him out because I know that you're a fan oh I
0: appreciate that
3: yeah um you know he's a good performer like Everything he puts into his album just comes out even more when he's on stage. Yeah. It was super fun. He's incredibly charismatic. Like you get the sense that he just, you know, he's like doing this for himself. Like that lyric is the perfect example yeah. of that. Um, so it's cool that it resonated with you.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, wow, I appreciate no. you being like, well, Jason really likes this. Yeah. I, I guess
3: I'll check him out. But yeah, he's cool. I just um, never no, really I- got into him.
1: Uh, I would say when we talked about it earlier this year, I was uh, maybe not super sold on it. But having heard it a bit more, especially having heard uh, Big for Your Boots and seen some live performances from him, I, I think I think you're onto something with this Stormzy. Like I, I have to say, I'm 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 sold. He's very very talented and a great performer. He's the also,
3: storm is coming. The
0: storm is say. coming. Well, he's a big the he's a big deal and he's a big deal in the UK. He's performing at the Brit Awards in, in, oh, wow. in a little bit. Yep. So. Not just me guys, not just me. <laughs> not
1: just Jason. Um all right, well, what do you want to listen to from the album?
0: Uh let's just listen to Big for Your Boots.
1: Let's listen to Big for Your Boots. So it's Stormzy Gang Signs and Prayer and uh this is Jason's pick for one of the most underrated albums of the year. I know that I to you there, try to the truth. How dare you to the truth? Look, I'm too hot. Drug money in my shoebox. I'm the man at the house when my show sold out, like the brother from the boondocks. Be swan on my boondocks. Still steal meat from the stew park. Man, I'm go sick of my tune drops. Little man, that's a hoopoe, not a hoopoe. What? Pronounce it right, you prick. I go, Maggie, I'm down to die for this. I don't care, but I'm down to private chip. All right, my... uh, let's talk about next up uh, songs that were hits this year, as in in the top 20 of the Billboard High 100 that we also personally loved. So. Let's keep it on lipshits, uh, Jason, you picked Nile Horan's Slow Hand. Oh,
0: I totally <laughs> forgot what I picked for this, but okay. It's,
1: it's a great pick though.
0: I um yeah, what a great song. Like I don't I don't even really it know is. what to say about this song ex- except that like it's it's like so fun to sing along to. Like it's a great karaoke song. It's like surprisingly sexy for a Nile Horan song. Mm-hmm. Um
1: it's but just, not like gross sexy. It's not no. like strip that down, like yeah. nasty. I
0: like the little like the woo sound effect. Yeah, I that, like that. That punctuates every every chorus. Um, great guitar guitar melody. Like what what can you really say about this song? It's just it's just a blast. Like it's just you know in the same way that like his his first single this town was just like you know like very like singer songwriter a little bit sleepy. Um, he just kind of came back with this one and it's so much fun slow hands not maybe not as good as the Interpol slow hands but <laughs> close enough
3: yeah this song um, has grown yeah on I'd me.
1: say I'm just like for this being Nile, I'm shocked like how much I love this song like I don't think anyone was expecting like no offense to Nile, but like to like have a legit career after 1D like I would take <laughs> offense if, you if like, I was Niall yeah and I heard that, I, but if I ahead. were Nile, I would take offense too um but no seriously I was I was always a big Nile supporter but I just had a hard time picturing him as a like top 10 billboard artist. But after this, like, I absolutely don't like, this is such a like winning, like repeatable, like repeat listen worthy song, like well-constructed, but also kind of like easygoing in a way that you could just like hear it over and over and you don't get sick of it. Um, his vocals are great. The instrumentation is great. Like it's, it's a total win in a way that like, I think no one, or at least I was not expecting. There you go. But uh, but Lindsay, are y- are you on the slow hands train?
3: Yeah, I mean it. It is a slow train for me. It took a very <laughs> long time for me to even like this song. Um, I still don't love it. Oh,
0: I Lindsay.
3: agree. It's definitely catchy. The little little woo and um, the guitar. I'm a fan of elements of it, but I honestly think the the biggest holdup for me is the title and the fact that he's you know like slow hands. That just doesn't really. It's like a red light for me i hear that i'm just like what niall Warren singing about slow hands um and i haven't been able to move past that
0: <laughs> well yeah. but that's
3: just me personally <laughs> clearly the song has gone on to do i great will say
0: things. i i will say it, it's a for those listening at home it's really fun to sing slow hands but instead of slow hands just sing joe lynch which I've been i like doing that a lot version better Office. yeah yeah yeah. That
1: is my favorite version, definitely. Yeah. Agreed, completely. Yeah. And and that version actually did enter the High 100s. So yeah. It
0: wasn't yeah, the Joe Lynch right 97. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yep. I'll take it. Um, all right, well, let's listen to it. Niall Horan's uh, Slow Hands. This is Jason's pick for one of his favorite uh, pop hits of the year. already no slow hands. So that was uh, Jason's pick. This is my pick for a song that I love that was a big hit this year. I'm going with Camilla Cabello's Havana Um, and kind of similar to Nile. I mean, like, I I thought Camilla would have probably a a good solo career, but I was not expecting her to get such a big hit so fast. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just a testament to how incredible the song Havana is. It's kind of like what we're saying with or what I was saying with Nile, is it's like it is catchy and very enjoyable, But it's also just one of those songs that you can hear over and over and you don't get sick of it immediately, which is something it's just I think that's an important like like pop hit thing. It's like it's not going to be a hit for three weeks and then you get sick of hearing that hook over and over. Like this is something that you could hear bubbling in the top 20 or top 40 for a year. And because it's so in your face, you still enjoy it every time it reenters your life. Um, you know, I, I do think that the piano riff is suspiciously similar to Selena Gomez's Same Old Love. Um, that being said, it was a great piano riff. Uh, Camilla's vocals are wonderful and subdued in a sultry way. Um, and the Cuban flavor she gives to the song like really adds that like extra oomph that I think kind of made it connect with people more than Selena's uh, Same Old Love. And uh, yeah, and it's also just, you know, like it's a total testament to her that it's just been a year since she left 5-H. And, uh, and now she's basically like she's best known for Havana and not being a former Harmony member. Yeah. Uh, but what do you guys think? I know you're a fan, Jason.
0: Yeah, I like Havana. I I, I was surprised that Crying in the Club didn't do better. I like that song, too. It's very, I mean, it's co-written by Sia. It sounds like a Sia song. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Havana's, Havana's cool. I mean, I think that it's i don't i'm not quite as high on it as as you might expect i it i wish it i wish it was there were a couple more elements of it it just kind of seems like the like a chorus and a bridge and a chorus and a bridge like continually Mm -hmm. but like i'm cool with it it's it's definitely a jam i like i like that young thug has like a top 10 hit now that's awesome yeah yeah
1: what about you Linz?
3: i i really like this song a lot um I was not a fan of the first few songs she put out as a solo artist, so I was quick to write her off. but <laughs> um, cheesy as it may sound. You're I really done, feel <laughs> I really feel like this is just this sort of speaks volumes to like, you know, she did something that she wanted to do as a solo artist. This speaks to who she is. um, you know, it's it's about where she's from and her upbringing, and that's the song that ended up doing the best for her. So I, I think that's yeah. a little interesting. Um, you know, like, she didn't work with Sia, and she wasn't using Christina Aguilera's... What, what song was that? Jeannie in a Bottle. Yeah, you know, she was just she was doing something totally her own, and that ended up being her highest charting hit, so I think that's pretty cool. And yeah. I, I love nothing more than how they just, you know... Like, it seems like they reworked their entire game plan about her solo debut after this song. Totally. They're like, we're going to call it Camila and we're not going to call it the hurting, the healing, the loving.
0: <laughs> we got to appeal to Lindsay. She almost wrote her off.
3: <laughs> they just went for really, like a whole though, new look.
1: That was like the dumbest album name.
3: No Great. kidding. Oh, no, I loved
0: it. I'm all I'm all I'm about so I'm all that. about wacky album names. Give give me more wacky <laughs> album names. You know what my favorite very quickly I meant to talk to you about this uh, recently what? Um I was thinking about the fact that, do you remember how Jennifer Lopez had an album called Love with a question mark? I, that's, I do. Yeah. Oh my God. I lo- That's such a wacky, Love? Such <laughs> love. A go- such a wacky album name. So I'm a little disappointed about the Camila changeup, but I'll live well, with
1: it. Can't please everyone. Um, mm. All right. Well, let's listen to it. It's uh, Camila Cabello uh, featuring Young Thug. His song is Havana, and it's on her uh, self-titled debut which is coming out very soon i believe second week of january i think the 12th right?
0: yeah the 12th
1: cool all right well let's listen to havana which you assuredly i have heard many times before but we are going to play it for you again
4: anyway. Havana.
1: Alright, so we have uh Lindsay's pick for her one of her favorite pop hits of the year. You went with Halsey bad at love. Yes, uh, I did. So why don't you tell us about your hopeless fountain kingdom? I I love <laughs> this album
3: as a whole so much. Um, but this song in particular. I just I don't know. I think it's really great to just see Halsey, you know, like scream over and over again that she's bad at love and then like very openly recount like basically proving why she is. And she's like, Yeah, like I've I've had very bad luck, but it's because of me. Um, and I think that's cool to hear in a song. And it's catchy. I love the music video for it. I don't know. There's not much else I could say. It just it stuck with me for many months. Well, there you go. Yeah.
1: But, but that's kind of similar to what you were saying with uh, SZA, though. So you like SZA, like admitting her life is fucked up. You look so, she's terrible. Yeah, what's uh, going on, Lizzie? You okay?
3: Yeah, uh, what's going you're sensing on? a common theme. Corbin huh?
0: Corbin's not doing too well. <laughs> Corbin's not doing great. Yeah, I yeah. like
3: I like musicians that are in rough spots, you could say. Yeah. Just super relatable, you goodness, know. <laughs> <goodness gracious. laughs> I actually didn't think about that, but yeah, um there are similarities between Halsey's album and Scissors. And I actually I did come up with that. Like I came across that when I was writing about both of them for the year list, because I was like, I need to make this different, but like You know they're both super honest about who they are, and I think that's why their music's doing really well, because Mm -hmm. it's the type of thing where you can listen to it and like relate without having to say it yourself. So I think that's cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I will say I'm uh, like when I saw Halsey when she was on the come up, and I thought she was good, but I thought New Americana was so hokey. Yeah, I didn't um, like
3: that album. But
1: this uh. I this this album is really solid. Um, you know, despite starting off with a Romeo and Juliet uh reading. Right. Which is a little much. Um, Does that really no, happen oh, on this yeah. album?
0: No way, really. Yep. That's how
1: it opens. <laughs> I did not
3: yeah. know it sets the tone perfectly. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's extra.
1: Um uh, but no, it's 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 really like solid, like alt R and B. Um and she has a great voice. And yeah. yeah, I agree, like Bad at Love is is just a really like I'm glad that it's becoming, like, a big hit, mm-hmm. you know, even, like, how, how much longer after the release this is. When did that come out? Like, March or something? Yeah. I
3: can't remember. Oh, June. okay.
1: Anyway, yeah, no, I'm I'm on board with this. I, I like the song a lot.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, Jason Halsey, thoughts?
0: Yeah, I, I like this song. I, I heard it for the first time... Um, yeah, clearly I have not entered the hopeless fountain kingdom too often, but I heard it for the first time maybe like two months ago, and I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be a big hit." It to yeah. like a big hit. I will say, um, it gets stuck in my head, and I'll be like at home singing <laughs> "Bad at Love," and like my wife will just be like, "What do you? What is going on?" I'm just like walking around our house. But but honey, you're you're good at love. I know. I know. Um, but yeah, it gets stuck in your head, so yeah, you know, it's problematic for my marriage, but good for, you know, pop good music. for humanity.
3: Yeah, good yeah. for humanity. Good
1: for Lindsay. Yeah, totally. So it's it's a draw. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's let's listen to it. Uh, Halsey song is "Bad at Love," and uh, let's listen to it.
4: You're afraid I'm gonna walk away. It's time to feel and face. It's time to feel and face. I know that you're afraid. I'm gonna walk away. It's time to feel and face.
1: You know I'm bad at love. But
3: you can't blame me for trying. You know I'll be lying saying.
1: Now we, now we get into the fourth and final section of this podcast where we're going to talk about uh, each song that we love that we wish would have been a bigger hit um so let's do let's keep it with Lindsay. so right. Lindsay went with lord's liability yes from i her did melodrama
3: album. another
0: depressed <laughs> i swear yeah. i'm song. i'm
3: very happy yeah. you guys it's, it's been a, a good year this
0: podcast is a cry for help <laughs> there, I hey, this,
1: this is a cry for help
0: podcast yeah. for the saddest oh, song on melodrama but god
3: well yeah that's this why i wish by far <laughs> Um, Do
1: you just like to listen to people who are worse off than you and be like,
3: well, oh, I'm it's like schadenfreude. That. That. That's exactly it. It's like, I'm so happy. I just want to listen to people who are really down.
4: <laughs> yep.
3: Yeah. You're, you're really exposing the truth here. Yeah.
4: Um, we're here for.
3: Yeah. Thank you. Um, this is really a therapy session, if anything else. But yes, I think this song is really beautiful, and I think oftentimes, you know, really sad songs like this that don't have much of a beat or a driving element to them, they do sort of get forgotten. But yeah. I just think this is really beautiful, you know? It's just about how at the end of the day, like, she's going to go home to herself, and that's cool. And I think—I was thinking about this song a lot, and I I kind of can see a comparison to Love Song by Sarah Bareilles— Not in terms of how it sounds, but how like what they're talking about. Basically Sarah Brellis was like, They told me to write a love song, I don't want to write a love song. I'm gonna talk about it in a song. Here's Lord being like, they say I'm too much for them, so I'm gonna talk about how you think I'm too much and that I'm a liability. It's like exposing like a little bit of the inside of what it's like to be an artist and have people telling you what they want from you. So I I just think that was cool that she addressed it that way.
1: That's a very good point, uh, Jason. I know you're, you're a big Lord supporter.
0: Oh yeah, I'm a big Lord head. I guess <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, no, liability's great. I mean, one of my favorite one of my favorite experiences in terms of music this year was I was lucky enough to, before, um, Lord announced her album, I, I there was a Grammy Week like studio thing where she unveiled green light and liability and i i just was like blown away by both of them um i love "Greenlight"; it's one of my favorite singles of the year but liability really i i think that lord's like one of the most capable and confident songwriters mm-hmm. in pop and like that's such a testament to it
1: yeah no i i mean i pretty much disagree with you guys said i mean this is such a a beautiful um honest confessional piano ballad i mean i can see why it didn't become um you know a huge hit because it's yeah. not like there's not a lot on radio that sounds like this but um this is definitely one of those songs that you know people who maybe didn't listen to the album and only heard green light like this is i would say this and Louvre are the ones like it's kind of like you have to hear um but yeah so let's listen to it uh lord liability this is Lindsay's depressing pick for <laughs> yeah been a bigger hit in 2017. I am a toy that people enjoy Till all of the tricks don't work anymore And then they are bored of me I know that it's exciting running through the night But every perfect summer's eating me alive Until you're gone
4: Better on
1: my own, they say all right, that was Lindsay's pick. Let's do Jason's pick. So, Jason, you went with uh, Paramore, Hard Times. Yeah, look at that. I I, I, d- I sort of
0: dissed Paramore <laughs> yeah, early wow. in the podcast. Um, well, it's I don't. True. You know what's funny is I I don't love After Laughter as much as other other people do. Uh, I hem. Yeah. Pain, but <laughs> uh, I love the first single. Hard Times is. I I <laughs> wish this had been a big hit. I I think it's like. You know a lot of people make talking heads comparisons I definitely yeah. I definitely hear that. And um you know it, it wasn't out of the realm of possibility that this was a big hit because like Aiden Fun was a was a crossover hit for Paramore before this. Totally. Hard times totally get stuck in your head and, yeah. and sound it it makes sense on on pop radio. It it didn't make it there but um yeah just a just a great single and it you know listening to this song now it really does like kind of represent um, 2017 and how a lot of people are feeling i feel like in the sense of like just like man stuff is terrible right now and it sucks and like how do i dig a hole and just like wait it out like that's just the the point of the song and i Mm -hmm. feel that like this kind of like defeated attitude of of just like yeah we got to make it through this but like let's like let's whine a little bit like this sucks and yeah uh, i wish we could escape it
1: Yeah, I mean, I I totally agree. I, I'm not, I, I didn't love the album, but I think this song, it just picks like, it, some really under, like, so much of the 80s has been mined and re for um, music, but like this kind of like, you know, it's kind of like that Tarzan song from the 80s, and I can't think of who <laughs> sings it, but like, like, just that really like goofy, like phototropical 80s sound, which is extremely fun. Um, and I was I was so glad, to, like, that's what Hard Times is, but, but, but you know, the music is in direct opposition to, you know, the more, like, serious lyrical content, which I love. It's just a really solid, like, pop single. I was hoping it would be a bigger, like, rock hit, but sadly, it did not. But, uh, but Lindsay, what, what are your thoughts times. on this one?
0: Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> wow, that was very Joe Lynch-esque. <laughs> that that, that was, I yeah,
3: wow. um, I I really like this song. I... Listened to it a lot when it first came out because it does get stuck in your head, Um, you know, pretty much for all the reasons you two said. But then I stopped listening somewhere along the way.
0: Wasn't sad enough for you.
3: Yeah, it was too (laughs) it was too upbeat, I think, is (laughs) where the problem really was. (laughs) But yeah, I think it's a good one to bring up now. I was not a fan of the album, but I agree that this song itself should have and could have been bigger.
1: Yeah. Well, I like that we've all concluded that Billboard's top number one rock album for the year, we're all like, eh, n- <laughs> not so great. This is a list that we pretty much all contributed to, by the way. Yeah. So. I
0: did not. I did not. So I can, all right. I can diss it I did. however I want. I
1: Fair. did. Yeah. Um, Alright, well, let's listen to it. It's Paramore, Hard Times, Should Have Been a Bigger Hit says Billboard's own Jason Lipschuk. I'm <laughs> <laughs> All right, next and last. And I kind of, I'll, so this is my pick for Should Have Been a Bigger Hit in 2017. I'll admit, I sort of picked this half to troll, but I do actually love this song. Um, the one I picked is Katy Perry's Swish Swish." Oh, right, oh, right. good That's ending song, good. all right. <laughs> and I just, here's the thing. The Ugh. first time I heard it, I thought it was absolutely ridiculous in a way that I didn't really appreciate. But after I kind of got this sense that like, This is a very, like, tongue-firmly-in-cheek Katy Perry embracing her goopy side. Once I got that in my head, I just love it. Like, it's so much fun, and the lyrics are so quotable. Um, It's just like, and I I hear it in bars all the time. Uh, I've seen drag queens do it (laughs) probably every other week this entire year. Um, It's just, it's so much fun. And the music video is stupid, but the song itself is just, like, I would say more than any song in 2017, various parts of Swish Swish have been playing in my head over and over, whether I like it or not. Um, So this is my pick for I wish this would have maybe scraped the top ten, you know? Not number one, but just gotten higher than it did.
3: No chance.
1: Um, But but what do you guys think? I'm guessing not similar thoughts. Lindsay, what do you think?
3: Nope. Um, (laughs) This song never did it for me. Never became a fan of Witness. I like the song more than Bone Appetit. I, oh, I yeah, will say no. that. <laughs> um, I don't. I just can't get behind it. Like, yes, it's catchy, but it's it's too goofy and too strange for me. In a way that I don't know. Like, sure, it might be tongue in cheek, but I I also think part of her is serious. <laughs> um, That's
1: also possible.
3: <laughs> like she's just trying to be like, don't mess with me. Um, yeah, it's like you're Katy Perry, um, you know, like you used to be fun and bubbly, and yeah, um, now you're talking smack on the court. But I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna end you there. You sound
1: very natural saying that. Yeah, <laughs> talking smack
0: on the court with Lindsey <laughs> Havens. Um, yeah, uh, so obviously bon appetit is a better song than swish swish i know you guys will disagree uh-huh. um i do disagree yeah. but that to me bon appetit is exactly what you're talking about in terms of like goofiness and like silly double entendres like swish swish is like it doesn't even make sense really like it just it, does, it barely makes sense. <laughs> yeah no it's just like i mean i will say that old coupon expired is my favorite uh, uh verbal takedown of the year like like oh i could curse here but i'm gonna call you an old coupon expired Mm and said um yeah i mean there's as someone who prides himself on embracing goofy pop this was a bridge too far for me i i could not get there is it the
1: idea that karma is holding on to receipts that doesn't do it for you she gives
0: receipts um (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I just would like. Uh, this is just like a, it's just a painful song. Like yeah. to me, it's like I, I, I. To, like, I'm a big, I'm a pretty big Katy Perry fan in the sense that like, yeah. she, I think she's like one of the better like pop performers in mm-hmm. terms of her live show. Totally. I think that Prism was like uneven, but at the same time, like, I had unconditionally performed at my wedding ceremony, so like how uneven could it really be by Katie right. Perry? Not by <laughs> Katie Perry. I wish. Can you imagine? Um I can. But like <laughs> But I will not <laughs> I mean you guys haven't gotten married yet, so maybe you guys can have swish swish. Joe, maybe you nope. can have swish swish <laughs> no, at your you. wedding ceremony. Um strong chance that'll have that yeah. <laughs> <But laughs> first
1: dance. <laughs> Just,
0: um, I, I'll do the Nikki verse. How about that? Um, Perfect. but, uh, yeah, I, this, this song can stay in
1: 2017. All right. Well, agree <laughs> to disagree. Um, and the, the last thing I'll say about it is I do love that this song is so braggadocious and it's, it's so much about like, I'm great and you're not. And then it just yeah. kind of like stalled on the hot 100. Like that just almost <laughs> makes me love it more. Like such the, a struggle from song man perspective fair Ugh. this is fair anyways uh so let's listen to it uh Katie Perry featuring Nicki Minaj Swish Swish from the I would say it's slightly underrated witness I'm I'm just going to I'm going to go that far Come on man
4: It's debatable bad,
1: but it, it's not as bad as everyone says Anyways let's listen to it uh Swish Swish Can touch this Can touch it. Another
4: one in the
1: They all right that was my pick for should have been a bigger hit in 2017 that will probably get me roasted on twitter and probably <laughs> correctly um please uh if you're listening tweet us either what you thought should have been a bigger hit this year or what you thought was an underrated album this year love to know your thoughts and uh we will catch you in twenty eighteen when we've got some new Camilla Cabello coming. Oh yeah. Uh, what else is coming up in January? Do we do we know?
0: Um there's a couple cool things coming up. Um that I'm mm-hmm. blanking on holy. But um yeah, I'm pumped. Pumped for that All Camilla, right. I guess. But, <laughs> yeah. Could um, do that. Yeah, there's some stuff that I'm I Fallout Boy, Fallout right? Fallout Boy. Yeah, I don't know. What else? The what the else band that
1: there? never quits. Yeah. Truly. Um, We'll talk
0: about it all. What a great year for the Must Hear Music podcast, guys!
3: Really was.
1: Yeah, it was. It was very fun. And Jason and Lindsay, thank you as always. Uh, Um, Thank you for bearing with me on a a FaceTime call in. Um, I might
3: like it better. (laughs) Yeah, even when you're (laughs) in the office,
0: you should do FaceTime.
1: (laughs) Um, But yeah, everyone listening, uh, thank you so much for listening. Have good uh, good holidays. Have a wonderful New Year, and we will catch you in 2018 which hopefully will be a better year for us all oh so uh catch you later all bye. right
3: bye, bye.
1: <laughs> imagine the softest
2: sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time